Chapter Twelve of The Ladder of Rickety Rungs. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Caro. The Ladder of Rickety Rungs by T. C. O'Donnell. Chapter Twelve The City That Comes Up Out of the Sea of a Night. It was now dusk in the land of Nod. Great clouds of purple shadows hung down the sides of the mountain of Glimp, and fireflies darted here and there, making Sue think very much of a pretty party out on the lawn, with Japanese lanterns playing hide-and-seek. Blink, though, wasn't home yet. He ought to have been, too, because he didn't have Wondell and Sue to put to sleep, and they always took as long almost as all the other boys and girls put together. Suddenly Wondell looked out over the Sea of Glar. "'What is that?' he said, pointing at a strange thing that was taking place out in the sea. "'You oughtn't to point, Wondell,' said Sue. But Wondell wasn't so sure. "'Mamma meant not to point at the sugar and things at the table, or at people, or at... But nobody could tell you what not to point at when you point at that, so it must be all right.' It was now Sue's turn to be not so sure, so she didn't say anything more about it, but asked Snuggle what it was. For they began coming up out of the Sea of Glar, slowly as might be, towers and tall buildings, and rows of lights where Wondell was sure must be where long, winding streets were. Snuggle was going to say what it was, but Dora wanted to explain something, so he said, it's the city that comes up out of the sea of a night. Every night, when it has become dusk like this, it comes up from the bottom of the sea, and stays until it starts to get light in the morning, when it goes back down again. "'Would it be all right if I wished us there?' asked Sue. Snuggle said she ought to think about the wish ten times first. Sue did so, and thought it would be all right for her to make the wish. Still. I haven't any weed wishes in Snatch's garden, so maybe you had better wish it, she told Wondell. One more won't make so much difference because you have so many. So Wondell wished they were all there, and as he did so, they were all there as quickly as they had got to Snatch's wish garden. They were in a strange square in the middle of the city, with lovely towers pointing up into the dark sky and long rows of bright lights that flickered in the breeze, and that followed along narrow winding streets that Wondell and Sue couldn't see the end of. "'Why, they're moving. The streets, I mean,' said Sue. And they were, too, for as Dora explained to her and Wondell, it is that way in the city that comes up out of the sea of a night. "'You don't have to go anywhere,' he said. You just wait for the streets to come around to where you are. It saves a terrible lot of walking and waiting for streetcars. Just then Sue looked up at some gay shops which were coming by right close to them. She especially saw the chocolate sundae shop, which had its name painted on a big sign that swung over the door. I suppose all little boys and girls can especially see chocolate sundae shops, but I think Sue was more that way than anybody I ever saw. "'Oh, let's have some chocolate sundae, please,' she said. "'Have you any money, Wondell?' 
and then Snuggle explained that in the city that comes up out of the sea overnight, you don't have to have any money. You just stay where you are, and if you wait long enough, the marshmallow Sunday shop, or the striped candy bazaar, or the toy shop, why, any shop that you want will come around where you are. You don't even have to wish it. You can just think it. But Sue was more anxious to eat some chocolate sundae than she was to hear about the streets of the city that comes up out of the sea overnight. Let's hurry, she said. But it was too late now. The chocolate sundae shop had gone on past. She looked up Main Street, though, and saw the striped candy bazaar, and said, why not sit down and wait for it to come around? So they sat down on a bench in the middle of the square and watched the great castles go by, where the kings live, and where the little people, no larger than Dora, sat in the windows laughing and watching the strange sight of a little boy and girl from Folkland. For I suppose nobody in that wonderful city had ever seen a boy or girl. Pretty soon Sue said, Well, the striped candy bazaar ought to be about here now. All turned and looked. Why, the streets are going the other way, Wondell exclaimed, and sure enough the main street was going away from them, and it would probably be next day before it would get round again, Dora said. It had to travel as far as from where you live down to the post office, and then to your school and back home again. And you must remember that the streets of the city that comes up out of the sea overnight do not travel as fast as they might. Well, said Sue, we can go into the drum shop. For the drum shop came along just then. Nobody knew what they would want to buy a drum for, but I suppose a drum shop is better than not going into a shop at all. Anyhow, in they went, and Sue and Wondell were glad they did so, because it was the strangest shop that anybody ever saw. There were drums of more kinds than Wondell ever knew there were. There were big drums as high as Wondell himself, and there were little drums no larger than they should be. They were all colours, too, some of them blue, and some of them yellow, and some this colour and some that. About the only kind of drum they didn't keep there were square drums. Sue wondered if drums were like that all over the world. What is inside of them? she asked the little man who had charge of the shop. Nothing, he replied. What do you have them for, then, if there's nothing inside of them? she asked again. And why are there so many of them? Well, said the little man, you see, there is so much nothing all around here that there is not as much room as there should be for things. And there is getting to be more of it all the time, too. Why, I suppose if we didn't keep using up the nothing, in time it would push people and trees and things right out of the way. So here in the city that comes up out of the sea of a night, we use up a lot of nothing by making drums of it. Of course, there are other ways of using it up, too, such as doing nothing. We use up a lot of it that way, I can tell you. Doing nothing? exclaimed Sue, who was very much surprised. Yes, miss, the old man said, a lot of the time doing nothing but having a nice time. You have to have a lot of nothing to do that, you know. But the best way is drums, because that is the easiest way to make the storms roar at sea. 
is that where the storm roars come from asked sue of course said the old drum shopkeeper puffing out his cheeks and looking very much like a roar himself you couldn't have a storm at sea without the roar of the sea could you he asked sue said she didn't know but anyhow they never did no and they never will said this quaint old man and that is the business of the people who live in the city that comes up out of the sea of a night to make the roar of the sea wandell picked up a small drum and struck it quite a smart blow but the little drum man stopped him you mustn't he said you will frighten the people who live by the sea ha with that little drum wandell asked it may be a little drum replied the shopman but it will make a very big noise why in the land of folks where you come from the people will be frightened when they hear the storm and when they see that there isn't any storm they will think there is an earthquake or a cyclone or something then sue asked a very sensible question what did you use drums for before you used nothing she asked oh we used the big shells for horns to blow upon the shopman told her we do now sometimes when it is a big storm and we don't have any more nothing than we should have but nothing is easier to get than the shells are and really it just makes a bigger roar just then there was a great clatter of little people outside the shop and wandell and sue saw all the streets rushing toward the drum shop filled with excited people with drums which they were beating although as the shopman had said some of them were blowing upon big shells which one finds now and again along the shore of the sea those who did not bring drums or horns came into the shop and bought them of the old man suddenly there was a great stillness and the shopman told wandell and sue that the shop of the pipes should be there by then and sure enough as everybody looked across the tiny square there came rumbling up to them a street with a shop in it that was so tiny that you could put two of them in the house where you live into it hurried the people and out of it they came with pipes of many sizes that they were blowing upon some made tiny noises like grasshoppers there were pipes no larger than a dandelion's stem. Other pipes were like the robin's song when the sun drops down of an evening behind the old oak tree. With the roar of the drums, the music of the pipes was pretty. Sue thought of the band at home when it marched through the streets with all the horns playing and Wondell and all the other boys running behind it. Sue thought the band was prettier than the drums and pipes, though. Still, she said, I have heard music again that was not nearly so pretty. Then Wandell spoke up. The pipes don't roar. What are they for, then? And the shopman said they were for the whistling of the wind at sea. After the storm comes up and the roar of the sea begins, the wind must shriek when it blows through the rigging of the ships, mustn't it? he asked. Wandell wasn't sure whether the wind had to shriek when it blew across the ships. But it always does, he said. Anyhow, at that very minute upon the sea, the sailors heard the wind whistle and scream as it blew through the rigging of their ships, and they said that there was apt to be quite a blow before another day would come with its light. Now no little girl, or boy either for that matter, likes to have a storm at sea any more than she likes to have a storm on the land. 
no matter how much she likes to listen to the music of the drums and the pipes, she would rather not have its storm. Sue was feeling that way about it and said, Now, Wondell, see what you did when you started to beat upon that drum. Everybody thought it was a real storm and came out to help. And it was just as the old shopman said. When the people who lived by the sea heard the roaring made by the drums and the shrieking of the wind when there wasn't any storm, they were scared at first, but soon went back to sleep to dream their pretty dreams. Wondell's daddy, though, when Sue told him all about it when they got home, laughed heartily enough, I can tell you, and always told people when they came to their house for dinner about Wondell's famous storm at sea. Pretty soon, though, the little people grew tired of blowing upon the pipes and beating upon the drums, and went to their homes, and the storm ended. "'Isn't it rather a short storm?' asked Wondell. The little shopman said yes, and that he wished they always got tired as quickly when there was really a storm. "'That reminds me,' said Snuggle. "'We must be going.' Just why the old shopman's words reminded her of going, Wondell and Sue could not guess. For that matter, Snuggle herself, I suppose, could not have told you. Anyhow, they wished the little shopkeeper a good night and thanked him for the storm. Then Sue wished they were back at Blink's castle. She knew that it would not be a bad wish, so did not let Wondell make it. And as she wished they were back with Blink, they were so in as short a time as they spent in coming. End of chapter 12